0: The following program was made possible by Ward's lawyers. Find us at wardlegal.ca.
1: Hi, Denny Grignel here, producer and host of The Advocate Podcast. We're going to do things a bit differently for this episode. It's our last of 2021 or the first of 2022, depending on when you're listening. The first part of the show is a kind of audio tour of the past year via the voices and sounds we've featured here on the show. There were tough times this past year, and, and we did examine those on this program. But there were also high points, which we also reported on. And just to be sure, you'll leave this episode on a definite positive note. Part two of the program is a conversation and music with a new resident to the Lakes, super talented Stella Panacci. I also want to take this opportunity to say thanks to Ward's lawyers who have been our official sponsor Since we started in February of 2020, they are the reason we exist. I can say unequivocally that Chris and Jason Ward have been big supporters of what we're doing here because they're big supporters of this community, which they are so committed to. Okay, let's start the show with an auditory look back on 2021 as told through the stories we brought you here on the Advocate Podcast.
0: We've gone through so much, especially like the actual nurses and PSWs. We're so tired of all these extra precautions, the constantly changing rules.
2: When the sign up sheets showed up and people started writing their names down, it was just clear that everyone was willing to take this step. Um, <laughs> I've never been so excited to walk into a room and get a needle before, you know? <laughs>
1: So this is our first stop here, uh, Christy? Up,
0: up through here, yep, right through the, right at the edge of the woodland forest loop. So you just open the app and it shows, it shows you on the screen where the active trees are, but you don't have to do anything. You just walk until it starts to talk to you. And I would like to tell you how happy we are to see you here. Look around for a moment. I mean, really look around. What do you see? What do you hear? The Conservation Area is a very busy place. Yeah, This is just supposed to be very casual.
1: If you need another log for your fire, or you need a bit more hot chocolate, feel free to get up and go and get one. And uh, otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Should I have? Yeah,
0: maybe before you text about it so suggestively. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go now.
1: The theater is only right there. I can see the building. Mm-hmm. It feels a long ways away, this is uh, this is definitely not something we had ever aspired to do or done uh, outside in the winter or outside period. But it was just a, a great opportunity and, and to be able to host these guys and, and to allow them to do the show and to allow our patrons to be able to come out to something in, at this time of year.
3: Hey guys, today I'll be talking about the two biggest free agency signings in my opinion.
1: It's a show called, appropriately, Owen talks lots of hockey.
3: So, like, I watched a lot of videos and I've seen people talk about that, and then I thought I could talk about that and say, tell them my thoughts instead of what their thoughts were. I started off wearing like my Leafs stuff and stuff, but like, if I when I talk about stuff, it kind of changes what I feel like wearing. Say, I had a video about the Leafs. Um... Yep.
1: Yeah, that's an actual crunching sound. I'm not adding that in afterwards. There's, there's, no. There's no production in that. That's purely... We got him with this kind of leg that's all crooked, and I guess when he was a baby, we don't know exactly his story, but...
0: What draws two people,
1: <laughs> uh, especially now in retirement, to to donkeys...
0: So we had a donkey. We got Cinnamon, our first donkey, and we treated her like a horse. And we learned that she's not a horse. So then people started coming to us saying, oh, you've got a donkey. Would you take this donkey? Would you take this donkey? Would you take this donkey? And so we have accumulated donkeys.
1: Like anyone's collection, I guess. Yeah, and right? we
0: will spend our retirement looking after them. <laughs> yeah,
1: because it'll, yeah, it'll take our whole life to, to see their lives through, right? Yeah, it's a high-tech treasure hunt. I bought a used GPS receiver for my truck, and now as I'm driving around, it starts making weird noises every time I get near a geocache. It's kind of interesting, because you come up to an area and you're looking, you're thinking, okay, maybe there, maybe there, maybe there. I'm, I'm, I'm a completionist, so I like seeing, I like looking at a map of Lindsay and seeing just a whole slew of yellow smiley faces where I found all the caches. How far will you go to actually retrieve one? I've been 30 feet up a tree before. I've been up trees that probably can't actually hold me. I've been knee deep in water. It's been cold. I've been stomach deep in water for Pete's sake. First of all, I'd like to shout out to the uh, to the OPS community, especially Dennis Callahan and Karen Lynch, uh, Denny, for all the work that they did. They went out and got a number, I believe, it was over 1,300 signatures. The uh, the council certainly saw fit to uh, to keep the OPS community center as a community center. Uh, they're going to keep the physical structure, although, it, uh, like many uh, facilities that were built uh, 50 years ago, it certainly needs some ongoing repair. Keeping the existing community centre itself, in particular the banquet hall, we're going to be able to carry on with the, the dinners, the wedding anniversaries, the celebrations for all those things we've had over the years. All in the spirit of presenting you, our listener, with a civil and fair presentation of both sides of an oft-times contentious topic in our community.
2: I believe ATV should be allowed on designated streets in Lindsay because we need to connect the north and south sections of the Victoria Rail Trail system for off-road vehicles. The ATV sport has grown tremendously over the last five years and the demographic of riders has broadened. As we see more people moving to Kawartha Lakes to retire, we're also seeing more retirees buying ATVs for the first time, and new families are also discovering the sport. A designated route through Lindsay will
3: allow these riders to connect from one trail to the next in a safe and legal manner. I believe
1: ORVs should not be allowed on Lindsay streets, nor on any roads not already permitted, because primarily they are meant for off-road recreational use only. In fact, the manufacturers themselves state that ORVs are not designed, manufactured, or in any way intended for road use. They are not safe on roads. Furthermore, they are associated with a high rate of injury and death.
2: Well, Denny, there's a a serious health gap up here in the northern, the lakes region
1: and you know the pandemic has uh, sort of brought this to the forefront but we need uh, some significant health care initiatives uh it's going to be a community
2: hub for health mental health as well and we're going to have uh, an after hours clinic uh we have over eight lakes today uh
0: like i said over 30 participants
1: okay i, I know you're you're probably anxious to make this jump now
0: one Two, three,
3: it's more than these
0: four walls. It's more than you know, my junior sea hockey days and playing triple A in with the Central Ontario Wolves. Uh, when I was a kid, but then when I stopped playing hockey, I refereed uh, hockey at a very high level. I got to level four.
1: So, given your own um, strong connections to hockey and your own history, what what does having your music being featured on a, a huge hockey podcast what does that mean to you? It's hard to believe some days, like that. You know, it's
0: one thing to have it in a band with like six other people and. You know, we worked on it for a really long time, but you know, to do this sort of on my own in, in this little studio that I'm in now, uh, that's kind of where I got these songs completed. Um, and just to think that there's like a connection and that there's, you know, you know, kind of like major brands or
2: big podcasts or bigger names that are like interested in these songs and featuring them.
3: as each lockdown came along, I've got much better at, I, I try to return every call eventually. So a half of the calls are people saying, uh, geez, Wally, I hope they get you open soon. I feel so bad. I wish there was something I could do for you. Sometimes it's a text or an email. Uh, Cause uh, it could be very emotional, you know, when someone's. Sure. Feeling, feeling your pain like that. Um, and
0: and like I say, I'm, I'm very blessed.
1: This just seems like a big platform in an L shape. How is this going to be transformed into an actual stage?
0: By us amazing actors is how.
1: I'm not going to lie. I went home with the amount of blisters you'd expect. My hand was just gone the next day. And not something I'd expect to do as just like an actor slash producer. What's it been like uh, mounting a show and rehearsing outdoors versus indoors? I mean...
0: Number one is weather. Like for the last week straight that we've been rehearsing, it's been like, oh well, I guess we're gonna rain, but only for the two hours that you're rehearsing. Biggest thing is being loud enough.
1: Um, the last I talked to them, things were a go, and then obviously this week they announced that they that they couldn't do it. I think they could have done it, but I mean I know it's not the exhibition's fault. It's it's all provincial mandated uh, that they weren't allowed, and they just couldn't apparently get a get a pinpoint a. Uh, Um, an amount that they could have so so we have to wait for two more plowing matches to to occur and then we have to wait till 2024 I think they'll rally again I mean it's uh, we've waited this long since 1992 you know at least we're in the queue we're in the we're on the list so I mean you don't want to let that go
0: I would say over 50% of us are over 70, and so um, uh, the fully vax uh, criterion uh, was a big one for us. And so we basically took the stance, if you want to play, you need to be fully vaccinated. Was there any blowback at all? Yes. Uh, we're, we're not the only place in town where, where you can play, and uh, if, you, if you prefer not to be fully vaxed, uh, you're more than welcome to go elsewhere. We'll miss you, but... The stipulation we had was we wanted to place health and safety above all else in terms of play. I find that the bulk of our customers only need it to dine in. Um, They don't go to a gym, they don't go to concerts and other uh, very select venues. We can't let them in without it, it's like going to a bar without ID. Uh, We had a sign up on our board in-house chalkboard uh, saying Uh, coming September 22nd, these are the policies we will be following. Uh, That sign lasted for two hours, and we had to erase it because we had so many customers arguing. Um, And it wasn't about being vaccinated or not being vaccinated. It was that they felt the company was making a choice to not support everybody but just the select vaccinated uh individuals we're not prejudiced against anybody we just follow what we're told to do by the government none of us here are scientists we follow them you know in our food prep and every every other rule or regulation that has ever come out we follow
1: what are you expecting on the morning of september 7. i'm just wondering what parents and students should be prepared for in Kawartha Lakes we've been at this for a year now unfortunately and um, we learned a lot over the the course of a year and we learned how to start up last year it was very chaotic you know when i look back at what we learned about the startup and and um the health and safety procedures that we put in place and all of all of the decisions that we made we made a lot of good decisions and we made some that we knew we would do differently so i think we we've learned a lot about it and we're ready to go this time so you know when you get a chance to Run through something and then do it again, you certainly get better at it. Okay, Jason, are, uh, are you ready to go? Yeah, do you have your, your scary, frightening voice for this one? Ready to go. All right, here we go, man. Number five. What? The internet is down again? So, like, now we have to talk to each other? And the number one most scariest lockdown related thing of the past year? That six meter tall stack of takeout containers in the back porch, that, sure. You'll deal with, you know, eventually.
0: (laughs) What a beautiful sight to see so many people here today uh, wearing orange and coming out for a truly historic day. Truth and Reconciliation Community Bob Cajun is... We're we're a small but mighty group, I like to think. It's time to drum for the healing of the Indian residential school survivors who carried the burden of knowing where the children were buried, and to drum for the healing of the families and communities whose children did not come home.
3: The model we've been supporting all along is a model that would have professional staff in place that would be shared staff that could be used by all the cultural organizations. It's not meant to shut anybody down. It's, and it could be a driver for a promoting outlying areas so that if you have visitors coming into a central location, that they then receive information about the outlying, uh, outlying organizations that they can, they, they can visit.
1: How hopeful are you that this will happen?
3: I'm going to always remain optimistic.
1: She remains optimistic. Susan Taylor with Kawartha Art Gallery was referring to the proposal for a new cultural center in Kawartha Lakes there. But I'm pretty confident she'd also apply that to our overall future in general. That was our look back on 2021 as told via your stories.
2: My name is Danielle Hiddink from Wards Lawyers in Lindsay, your official sponsor of The Advocate Podcast, Stories from the Lakes.
1: This show has afforded me the opportunity to meet some very interesting people in our community over the past few years. In some cases, interesting, fascinating, and so, so talented Stella Panacci amongst them. Stella has had a long musical career dating back to her time as a drummer and lead singer-songwriter with Cat Rocket, a very successful indie band from Toronto. She's also the lead singer for a project called Church of Trees with an album slated for release in February. Stella, who also plays guitar, is now focusing more on her solo career. She relocated from the GTA to the Sea of KL, full-time, Permanently to the family cottage near Omimi in the spring of twenty twenty. Here's my conversation with Stella and some of her music from my home. So yeah, she's a she's a neighbor.
2: I started playing drums and singing at the same time. And uh, then of course we had some record industry people involved with us and they said you gotta go up front and we're gonna hire a drummer and we are gonna play guitar and sing.
1: What was your action to that as someone who was a drummer and that was your instrument when they said... I loved the
2: drums and I liked hiding behind the drums. I felt super powerful behind those drums and like singing as well because all of my limbs were moving and I didn't have to make anything up. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have to do any nuances. And back then I was more scared than I was now of performing. And um, so it was a real safety net to be behind the kit
1: then what was your reaction when they wanted to take you away from that
2: um cool because i was the driver and i was the drums so my boys would take their kit or their amp and i'd have to haul ass and bring up like five times the amount of uh of stuff to have set up for our gigs so i was like cool <laughs> i don't have to do that anymore i can walk in with my guitar and plug in and You know, just sing and play and leave.
1: But even in 20 years, there's been a a change in in society in general. Did you ever have guys going, "Come on, girls don't play drums"?
2: Oh well, I mean, my first gig was at the opera house when I was 17 years old, and we're doing sound check, and the sound guy came over to us all and said, "Well, who's the?" He said, "Okay, we're ready for the drums. Who's the drummer?" And I said, "I am." And he's like, "Where's the drummer?" And they're like, she is a drummer. And he was like, oh, okay. And then it was like, you know, you're pretty good for a girl and all that stuff. But, like, you play music and you find the people to play with and it's not a big deal.
1: Well, you were an independent thinker back then. Yeah. Yeah. When you look back on your time with Cat Rocket, what do you see? What, what do you feel when you think of that time?
2: Uh, nostalgia. Uh, I don't know. It, it was a time of a lot of struggle because uh, we were so serious about our music. Everything mattered so deeply to us. And, um, yeah, and it was a very serious, serious thing back then. Yeah, I guess we were quite emotive and... Um, I really appreciate um, what we were standing for back then, and we had a deep commitment to the do-it-yourself kind Mm -hmm. of ethic, and we were so against the corporations and so against doing anything like that. And you know, now it's like if you don't have, you know, it's kind of funny because you don't get ahead unless you have corporate sponsorship now as a musician. Right? How do you
1: feel about that? That you've come to that revelation?
2: Um, well, I'm still doing it myself. <laughs> I think that anybody who does something like visual arts or music, you're gonna or writing even or broadcasting, whatever journalism, you are gonna do it no matter if you get a lot of money for it or zero money for it, right? You're just gonna continue to work on your craft because that's what you are as a human being.
1: How did that shape your music, your your performance, your writing, everything, given that you were, as you mentioned, not going to give in to the man, that you were not going to lean into the corporations? How did it shape you as an artist?
2: um, I I had to eat a lot of humble pie (laughs) because I was an (laughs) asshole. And I know I burnt tons of bridges along the way because... uh, I had my own opinions, and I wasn't supposed to speak my own opinions. And, and, you know, back then I was a female drummer and vocalist and songwriter for a band. I didn't realize my role as, you know, uh, an artist back then being uh, female. um, I didn't didn't recognize or validate my own self, you know? I didn't realize that was so important back then. I mean, it's still important right now. But I should have recognized that that meant something to people, but I just wanted to be one of the guys and uh, uh, be accepted as one of the guys, so I didn't want to stand for, uh, like, I didn't want to say rah-rah woman or feminism or this or that, I just wanted to be a, the same like on Mm -hmm. the same level
1: so how does that square with when you say you know you burned bridges so clearly there was a conflict there between speaking your mind and wanting to be one of the guys
2: well I mean I I just um I am working on being uh more uh how do I say it um when somebody uh, proposes something to me, I don't jump the gun. I sleep on it for 24 hours, and I mind myself and how it would affect other people. The way I speak to them back.
1: Isn't that, not isn't gonna... that a great lesson for everybody, though? Isn't right?
2: It? Yeah, it's called growing up, I guess. Right? It's called being a nice person. <laughs> I don't know how to say it, but I, I don't have to. I don't have to prove to that person that their idea is wrong or uh, not acceptable.
1: as you went through that transition and are still going through that transition of, of reflecting on who you are and how you interpret things and, and, and voice your opinion how how is was that reflected in your music
2: I think it's um being more comfortable with yourself and not being afraid to express yourself the way you want to even if it's corny or you know like I, I always back then was like is this cool or is it like, lame, you know, and now I'm like, I don't care, I'll do a, a Ethel Merman impersonation, I don't care, whatever it is for the song, I'll make it happen, and I'm I'm not afraid anymore to express that way, and, you know, some and that's the weirdest thing, because I have two albums coming out, and one is electro synth pop, and the other one is, like, country, um kind of r and Bish ish and rock and pop all together, so... But I, you know, I had that question in my head just the other day. I'm like, well, can I put these two albums out at the same time, or am I gonna look like I'm a phony? But I'm, I'm not a phony because this is just what came out of me with my solo material. And that's what I always struggled with with myself was a songwriter because that's all I, I I've written songs since I was five years old and like I remember going to LA and I met with um baby manager at one point and he goes what do you want to be and I was like I don't know <laughs> I can't like I can't put myself in this little tiny box of things I want to be a songwriter and You know, that's what I do, but I write songs that are in different kind of genres. The best songs, I think, are the ones that you could even transpose into country, rap, rock, pop, or jazz, or whatever. Isn't that a cool song that you can make it work in every genre?
1: When did you realize that? No, I can do the breadth of music and maybe do two different albums that are completely different at the same time.
2: I think it was always there since the beginning, because that's what we always did. We did whatever we wanted to do back then, and that was our kind of mantra of music is to make sure it's as pure as possible and get it out there. And, I mean, that's just the way it has been since I started playing music and writing. So I got it all figured out
3: Don't want to scream or shout well, I just want to play my
1: You're doing a lot more work as a as a solo artist now. Mm-hmm. What what has that been like for you, and not have that comfort of the band around you when oh, it's well, when it's all on Stella now?
2: It's terrible because <laughs> I have a big problem with believing in myself, and um, I always cling on to other people. As you look at my history. Like, in 2003, we won the National Songwriting Contest for All Canada through Standard Radio, and um, I had to partner up with somebody there, and then I had an album release in 2018 with uh, another woman, you know, partnering up again to not believe in my... Like, it's easier to have a crutch of a duo, and I've always been that way instead of I guess it's it's difficult for me to do the solo stuff. Like, even when the Church of Trees album was introduced, threw myself in there and very excited to be a part of that for sure. And now, like, to be the singer, that's great. Um, but I did the AB thing even the other night with uh, my own solo album that's coming out in the Church of Trees just to kind of uh validate myself and realize I'm still going to put this album out. Pain a face, put on a dress,
3: hair is set, but my head is a mess, this compass won't
2: calibrate. No I can only guess. Things are starting to become more settled now. So
1: musically, you mean
2: or uh, around my life um, with like, I mean, that March 2020, as I said, March 16th, I lost my job. March 17th, we had gigs lined up and they all got canceled. And my cousin passed away March 19th, 2020. And he was in ICU for several months, and um, so the family was in turmoil, and um, now my grandfather's placed in a nursing home. I know he's safe and happy, and, you know, uh, so things are starting to settle. So I can now switch my focus and start uh, thinking about myself again and the solo album and the music and how to release it and uh, all of that stuff, right? This new album, this album that's coming out, is uh, really reflective of all that stuff. I mean, I wrote a song for my cousin's son, and it's called J'adore. It's going to be on the new album. Um, I played that for my cousin while he was in ICU, and it really comforted him, which gave me a lot of—I uh, don't know—good comfort in my own self that I'm, I was able to help him through a process. I'm just really thankful for all the memories that I have from my uh, past because I relish in those memories while I'm here and um, it's slowed down so much for me here, which I really uh, appreciate. I feel like I'm becoming a more grounded person now and um, it's nice to have the breathing room to reflect upon the past and also reflect upon the present and the future right now. I've never been bored and it's just almost exciting to be almost bored, but then I don't get bored. (laughs) But I've never had that uh, downtime and that kind of like quiet and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love that we could build a skating rink on the lake in the middle of winter, and go out there and hear the ice cracking, you know. And, uh, you know, in the summertime, just get up at 5 in the morning, get in a kayak, and go and watch the sunrise. It's like...
1: How's that shaping you as as a performer and as an artist now that you're living here amongst all those things that you just described?
2: No, I'm still... <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> yeah, um, I just I I have the same pa- I have the same process of writing. I mean, I have an idea and I'll get up and if it's five in the morning or si- whatever, three in the morning, whatever, I'll just uh, jot it down on my voice recorder and then I'll I'll chip away at that.
1: You've only been here, Stella, for uh, a little under two years. A lot of people, after eighteen months, it's like, "Okay, this was nice. I had a great time at the cottage. I'm going home. Is this home for you now?
2: Yes, for sure. I love it here. I love it. I've always loved it. It's my home. I love it here. It's amazing. I just love waking up in the morning and looking at trees and looking at beauty and looking at lakes and looking at the ducks and the geese and the rabbits and the raccoons and all these critters and just having the space and uh, I just love it up here. It's my home.
3: inside
2: My name is Stella Panacci from Omimi, and you're listening to The Advocate Podcast, stories from Kawartha Lakes.
1: a song called Daddy by Stella Panacci with some help from Tim Bovakanti, Kyle Sullivan, and Jerry Leger recorded at Bovakanti's studio in Toronto which is called Tim's Garage which is now far away from Stella since she's relocated to Kawartha Lakes. Look for Stella's forthcoming solo album in April. Its working title, Buckthorn inspired by all the buckthorn Stella has been introduced to near her new home in the Omimi area. The music you're listening to right now is our theme, written and performed by Gerald Van Halteren. Thanks again to Wards Lawyers for being our official and exclusive sponsor. For all your legal needs, they've got you covered. Find them at wardlegal.ca. The Advocate Podcast Stories from Kawartha Lakes is produced by me, Denis Grignon. You can find us on Facebook where you can like us and uh, send us your story ideas that way too. Please rate our show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Remember, tell your friends about us. More likes and listens ensures we'll be around for a long time. May 2022 bring us lots of hope and promise. Doable if we do it together. Safely, respectfully, kindly. Talk to you in a couple of weeks.
2: the people it's not the place right it's the people you're with and if you're enjoying yourself and making music and having a connection right
1: well welcome to Kawartha Lakes and Thank uh, you. I look forward to you making a connection with all the musicians and the people out here too
2: oh I can't wait I'm excited yeah